Welcome back to the Bowling Fraud podcast. It's our series finale, coming just as lockdown measures are starting to be lifted. So in that spirit, we await the return of fans to stadiums by talking about our favourite experiences as supporters, with help from friend of the show, James Knowles. We also look back at our Fraud of the Week entries and try to find one that stands out as our Fraud of the Season. It's been an absolute blast bringing the podcast to you and we are hoping to end the series in style. So settle in for the finale of Series 1 to the Bolding Fraud podcast. And we're back with the Series finale of the Bolding Fraud podcast with me, Henry Shaw. And me, Henry Knight. I thought the, the season finale would be episode one, if I'm being honest. You know, how we've made it this far. I knew you were going to say unbelievable. Like Yeah. Uh, we've got a guest, if you want to introduce introduce him. Am I? I'm, I'm, I'm introducing him. Well, yeah, you introduce him. Oh, so we are joined by a man of many talents, um, good friend of mine, uh, and very well-known in football with his knowledge, I don't know how to introduce you, Mr. James Knowles. So there we go. That's it. That's how I'm going to introduce you. Welcome. That was beautiful. Thank you so much. A man of many talents, one of which is watching football matches. And yes. that probably ends my talent. But thank you. Thank you, Henry. Appreciate it. It's a great talent to have. I wish I had it. I wish <laughs> I had it. So, James, you, um, do you, work, you work with Henry at Stoke, is that? right or used to work we used to work well Stoke. yeah yeah well, we've worked well. together at Stoke I've always been a Stoke fan um for my sins obviously lots of up, <laughs> ups and downs through the years but isn't that the joy of football it's yeah yeah so yeah we're all, we're all going I mean me and Henry are both going through I guess downs at the moment with our, our respective teams uh I'm struggling worse than yours so you know facing relegation Otherwise, I know you know you haven't lost six home games in a row though mate we have. We're close to. Oh no, we're not. We want to. We want to. Oh no, we've won two on the bounce at home. Actually, yeah, we're in better form. Yeah, stop, stop moaning, Henry. I know. God, <laughs> not allowed to be angry. Show some compassion to the poor Liverpool fan. Yeah, exactly. He's only had a Champions League and a uh, Premier League to celebrate in the last couple of years. You know, God. exactly. I just remember again all the years when we were at school together. Oh, Liverpool will never win it. Do you remember the time um, you said something about Liverpool would never? Come in the top four again. I I just didn't speak to you for the rest of the day because you'd wound me up so much about that. I think it was probably relentless from me on at you all day, and then that one comment. There was, was another time when when you said something about it when we were playing football, and I think I pushed you or something. Is that where you got the dent in the ground? No, that was no. I think that followed that you came up behind me and went ah to try and scare me. So I got you in a headlock and threw you on the floor, didn't I? And I remember as well, I kicked the ball against your head that day by accident where I hit the back end yeah. beyond the goal and smacked you in the face. Um, what a day. What a day. No, that's completely irrelevant to kind of what we're doing today. No. Um, so we'll start off sort of talking uh, about sort of how the season's going for Stoke, I guess. How, 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 how is it going, James? <laughs> um, well, it's, I'll be honest. I'm finding it really hard to get into this season, not just from a Stoke mm. perspective, but just from a footballing perspective. I think it's not just the fact that I'm not at matches, it's the fact that there's no one at these matches and it just seems so soulless, doesn't it? Mm. Uh, I, I guess having this football is certainly better than no football at all. Um, but 
to be honest, I'm really happy that Stoke season is being a very middle of the road thing. I'm not really missing out on some exciting relegation battle or promotion push. It's it's probably going to end up with us finishing 10th, 12th, something like that. Not much to write home about. However, earlier in the season, we were looking like we could push for promotion. Um, Mr Knight's seen plenty of us as well this season. Yeah. And we had Tyrese Campbell firing on all cylinders. We were looking really good. He, was, um, he had a brilliant partnership with Stephen Fletcher, the old boy. Um, Campbell got injured in November and that was really the end of our season there and then. What, Stephen Fletcher? Stephen Fletcher? Yeah, he's... So oh, yeah, top knot and all. I top didn't realise that. He's, honestly, like, Fletcher pulls out some... He, he doesn't look like he should be able to do it, but sometimes he'll go... I hit the crossbar from a Rabona, um, his little flick for, for Powell the other night. He just comes up with some crazy stuff. He's a, he's a quality striker, but we've missed... I remember, when, I remember when he was at Sunderland and he went to Marseille on loan. Or something. The Sunderland fans are horrified. It's like, mm, I wonder why he's wanted to trade sort of the northeast for the very nice French coast <laughs> for six I months. Remember, I remember going up to Easter Road to watch Hibs play. Um, I suppose we'll have more of this in a bit. But yeah. um, Fletcher, Fletcher was up front for them. And I picked up the paper, the local paper, on the morning of the match. And it was being linked with Real Madrid. <laughs> <laughs> From hips to but he went on to score a hat trick that night against Retina. So um, I'm Goodness sure me. those in the Bernabeu were, were chomping at the bit to get him. Oh, that's see, football links and like rumours and everything like that these days are ridiculous. Like me and my dad go on about it all the time, where like Suchek is linked to Barcelona at the moment, and I don't know where they pluck these things from. Do you reckon they just get like a name generator? Because Fletcher to Real Madrid. I think I I I I think they take it. Maybe they get their kids to make it up. Because I remember when I used to have a match magazine subscription, and in the summer you'd open it up and they'd be like, "Oh, our readers' top tips," and it's like, "Oh, I saw Frank Ribery in a Marks and Spencers in I don't know, um, Watford Watford last week." Does that mean he's signing for the Hornets or or crap like that? Just making making stuff up. It'd be the horrific photoshops as well, where they put someone's head yeah. on on the body, and you know it would be just just look completely wrong. Yeah. Or some so again, someone's like, you know, I think Messi would make a great addition to Grimsby's front three. It's like, well, of course, of course he would. Words. <laughs> there was a scandalous rumor in the potteries that John Obi McKell had been spotted in the local harvester eating salmon in the summer. Oh, no. Everyone that laughed was... it off. Two weeks later, he signed for the bloody club. <laughs> I, I'm still trying to like get to the bottom. I say get to the bottom of this, like I'm investigating it. But I honestly, I was engrossed in that rumor because it was going around for a good two weeks of uh, no salmon, no party, and things like that. Going and tweeting, people tweeting it, and um, but it's the most random thing to ever ever come up with. I don't know if you know more about it. Was it actually true, or was it a, just a made up? I don't care. I'm having it as true because if, if, if salmon's true. good enough for John Obi McKell, it's good enough for him. And the heart of Drekken had a salad bowl. That's the question. Did he have a salad? Yeah, and um, yeah, did he have a crusty roll with it as well? It's, it's these Pretty kind of questions ones. that we want to get to the bottom of. Yeah, I don't know if John Obi McKell's got Twitter, um, but if he has, well, I'm sure we can get a reply. We'll have, we'll have, to, tw- we'll have to tweet him, see if he can get it. Uh, going back to Stoke, I saw as well. 
Didn't they get screwed in the last minute last week? Was mm. it against Swansea with a penalty? Yeah, it was against Swansea. It, an awful dive by <laughs> Kyle Norton. Like, just dreadful. And then at the weekend, Swansea got another couple of strokes of luck against Middlesbrough. So, something's <laughs> going on over in that South Wales. But yeah, it was oh, absolutely absurd. And, and some of the officiating at all levels of football oh, is just horrific. I mean, it's, it... In the Premier League, there should be the excuse of, oh, we've got VAR, so we can't get anything wrong. Well, it, it's even worse in the Premier League it's with dreadful. VAR. Absolutely I don't want to go on, on, a, on too much of that, but it's absolutely unbelievable, isn't it? I do think that they should. I do, I do think if they took VAR out of football now, or within the Premier League especially, and mm. maybe only use it for European games or whatever, fans wouldn't complain. I would never There's... complain at a decision now if it was no VAR, I wouldn't be, you know, angry. There's two There's two VAR decisions in the last, or non-VAR in the case of one of them that I had a problem with. One actually was against my own team. It was uh, Timo Werner's goal that was ruled out for offside. Now, I was obviously happy at the time. It was disallowed. But I thought, if that was Salah running in or Mane, I'd be livid if that was given offside because that was so ridiculously tight. So that was that one. I think once like that, you, you might be happy, but you think, mm, you know, if that went the other way, I'd be fuming. And then I thought that the, if you watch the Burnley-Arsenal game, the first Eric Peters handball, I think that's a stonewall penalty. And I don't get how they didn't check on that. I, I don't understand. I've not seen, the, I've seen the photos of it. And was there a second one where it was cleared off the line or something like that? Yeah, so, so it hit his, Pepe took a shot. And it hit his shoulder and went like away. And the ref thought he'd handballed it. Yeah. Gave a penalty, sent him off, but then VAR overturned it. So that was VAR working well. But it was just the first one. I, I don't know if you saw it, James, what your thoughts on that were. I didn't, to be honest. But I was listening to the game. And everything that the commentators, who should be the experts, were saying was, it's a, it's a handball. So what <laughs> on earth are they doing in this truck? Are they going off for a BLT sandwich at that point? I, I don't it's a lunchtime kick-off, so, you know, 12 o'clock. To... Yeah. It's a dodgy time. You've got to eat at some point. You've got to eat. <laughs> and they just chose that five-minute period, probably, where there were the handballs and thought, actually, you know what? Go on, let's have a sandwich. Nothing's happening. It's they're thinking, now we could give this, but how brilliant will Arsenal fan TV be later on if we don't? <laughs> That, that is actually a great conspiracy theory. I wonder if referees do watch Arsenal fan TV and oh, go, you know what, Ty's pissing me off. Let's mind him oh, up. Fantastic. Last week when he brought up Ryan Babble for a thing that happened 13 years ago. It was great. Um, shall we crack on with our uh, main segment? Do you reckon? I reckon we've had right. enough uh, introductions. Chit chat. Yeah, get to the stuff. real shit. That's yeah, so, so we're going to be talking about Away days and fan experiences. Yeah, let's do it. So we're going to be talking about that experience that all three of us, I'm sure, miss so much. And that is being a fan, going to games, our favourite away days. Now, as you're a bit older than us, James, I imagine you've probably got a lot more stories than us two. And I think you've done the 92, is that correct? Yeah, I completed that two or three times. Um, yeah. There's a couple that I need to do at the moment. Harrogate and um, AFC Wimbledon's new ground, but obviously haven't had the chance to do them mm. since uh, 
since we're in this beautiful section of time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I just love ticking off grounds, whether it's with my team or just as a general experience of going to watch football. And I think what I've really appreciated during lockdown, and obviously not going to the matches, it's not actually the matches that I miss. It's everything around it. It's meeting yeah. up with your mates. It's, it's having a, a couple of pints before the game. It's experiencing a new town, a new pub, all this kind mm. of stuff, going on a train or going in the car. It's all of that that I really miss. The, the 90 minutes is almost a side issue. Yes, it's lovely if you win, but if you lose, it's not the be-all and end-all. It's that, those other memories that really mean so much. So say that's what I miss the most is the social side and, and everything that mm. it builds up to it. And if it's a, a Swindon away day and it's up here, it's all my mates coming up in the in the morning. You know they get here for ten. We're on the train by eleven and with three or four pints in, getting ready to go to some random place. You know and come back no matter what the score is and just go get absolutely bollocks and end up out in Stoke. It's it's those kind of things that make an away day or do yeah. the away day in the town. Something that, something that I really want to do, and we, I was speaking about it to someone the other day, um, explaining our Soccer Saturday drinking game. Oh, yes. Mentioned about the Soccer Saturday game where you go on a night out wherever the first goal is scored. Yes. That's actually something I would love to do. I'd want to I'd, I'd put a li bit of a lim limit on it. See, I'm in Southampton. If the first goal scored in Carlisle... <laughs> you've got a week. You've got a week to prepare, isn't it? Is it not the next like week? I thought it's that night, isn't it, or that weekend or something? Yeah, I'm, I think it's meant to be that night. Oh Jesus, I'm still down. So I, I think I think I reckon they probably set because let's say let's say the first goal goes in at what three o five. I guess you set yourself anywhere within two to three hours away. Mm. I guess is maybe in a central do. location. It's not too bad, I guess. But yeah, you've no. been on the south coast, isn't the? Yeah, um, yeah. If it's not, if it's not London or sort of Portsmouth, you no, know, Sus Sussex based. I'm in big trouble. Um, no, I agree with what both you guys are saying. So one of the things I I miss actually is 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 not actually going to watch Liverpool because I don't see them much because they're a long way away. And when I watch Liverpool, even on TV or live. I'm having a heart attack for 90 minutes. But going to going to yeah. Swindon games like I have done with you tonight, or going to watch Southampton when they're here with my housemates and stuff. Again, having have a few beers before. It's just it's 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 so it's so good. It's like such a such a sort of great way to spend time, I guess. <laughs> and it, it, nothing nothing feels the same at the moment. Without, without I think there's very to... little in this world that can bind people together like football it's such a unique sport and the people who follow it and love it are so emotionally invested in it that with us not being there going back to what i was saying before it feels soulless and i do feel that the players now that they have experienced it without supporters realize just how important supporters are for the whole thing to come together yeah yeah, and it'll, they'll appreciate it a lot more. And I think we'll probably get better performances as well. I don't think Liverpool yeah. in that kind of rut. I know we're. I think there's been no drop off of quality. Yeah, I think the. Well, Derby played Forest the other day, and the first booking was in the 85th minute or something. Well, you, you can't have a local Derby <laughs> with 30,000 fans in there, and the first booking <laughs> is that late on. That just wouldn't happen. So for me, I think that shows how 
how much the game has changed without sports and atmosphere. Was the uh, yeah. old firm derby still a bit spicy this like this year, or was it a bit more? They yeah, played, I don't think they played it in Blackpool it. though, didn't they? Well, the old firm. They didn't play it in Scotland because they didn't want all the they didn't want all the fans congregating outside, so they played it in England. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. You are talking okay. absolute nonsense, Sean. There's no way that happened. There's no way. I'm going to Google this. There's no way that actually happened. I don't... That would he have was happened. in goal, a donkey. I swear I read something. Are you sure I like swear... you want playing or something at that time? That's it. Old Firm 2020. Because that would be a great game to go to. Obviously, with full capacity. Have you been... No, never been. I've been to both grounds. I saw Celtic v Ajax, which was a fantastic atmosphere. Um, and then the lesser known Glasgow derby of Rangers v Partick Thistle. God, that, that was <laughs> spicy. Is that like, is that, that is Partick Thistle have got that mascot, haven't they? Yeah. Did he come um, out or did he not yeah, make the uh, No, but I did see them at home once and he, I, I got to meet him. Um, lovely guy. <laughs> Full of charisma, top bloke. What a guy. I think I might have just made that up. because You've I can't had a dream, mate. I think I made that up. <laughs> Is someone having you on? It's like, it's Tom or like... I, heard it. I, I think, I think, I think, no, I think I heard a thing where um, the Scottish government were considering asking the Scottish oh, FA yeah. to move it because they didn't want a congregation of fans because of coronavirus, but it obviously didn't happen. It came from somewhere. It definitely came from somewhere. You'll have to do your research over the next couple of months. Sod yeah. the work. Get on the yeah. phone to Nicola Sturgeon and be like, right, Say, is this true, Nick? See is this true? Think. Yeah. First episode of Series 2, I'll have a definitive answer for We'll get you. Nicola Sturgeon on just for that. For that. Oh, Spend God, what a guess that would be. <laughs> That'd be an awful guess. You get sort of an, an array of sort of British sort of... Um, sort of sort of fringe politicians so Sturgeon Farage has stood down from politics we might as well get him on uh, who else what are we uh, talking about now by the way we might have been talking about a way day of sorry, yeah. we're talking about Nigel um, Farage so James being sort of to all the games and grounds you've been is there sort of what what I guess maybe what's your top five or what are some of the memories that really sort of stick out um Believe it or not, Stoke got to Europe about 10 years ago and I managed to go to three of the games um, away from home and our first match was at Haddock Split and in Croatia this is. Yeah. Is that Croatia? Beautiful, yeah. beautiful city and the locals were absolutely fantastic. So the night before the game, we're going through all the bars and everything. All oh, come in, we'll buy you a pint and everything. And then on match day, we thought, oh, well, we'll take the same route. Well, the same people who were buying us pints the night before literally had machetes in their um, tops and were, well, ready to have a bit of fun, let's say. So we quickly turned around. The atmosphere <laughs> that night was absolutely phenomenal. Um, anyway, Stoke ended up knocking them out and they burnt half the, half the seats down in protest <laughs> at their... Oh, own, God. Fan, own team's performance but the atmosphere unbelievable they had these huge firecrackers that sounded like bombs and the first time one went off literally every stokey shit themselves and was <laughs> carrying for for the covers but yeah unbelievable um also went to Besiktas in Istanbul oh, on God. that track oh, it, it was brilliant and it was in their 
in their old stadium, so full of history. Uh, they've changed to kind of a an all-seater identikit stadium now, which doesn't really do it for me. But yeah, it, brilliant, brilliant memories they were. It, in England, I think something like Villa Park, because it's, mm. again, full of history. I used to love growing up and I loved FA Cup final day. But for me, it was something quite special about the semi-final days where you've got, I don't know, Manchester United v Chelsea on Aston Villa's ground. I just found that really wacky yeah. and unique. Um, and Villa Park was always one of those semi-final grounds. So Such a huge first time I went there was um, Netherlands v Switzerland in Euro 96. A wash with orange. It was fantastic. Um, mm. Been lucky enough to see Stoke win there a few times since. Um, but yeah, it, it kind of ticks all the boxes. You've got a, a good view of the pitch, unlike somewhere like Goodison Park, which is horrible, I think, particularly as an away fan. Um, yeah, Villa Park's right up there for me. I've, one thing, one place I'd never really want to go away is because what, what I do like about it is when the, the away fans are sort of there in the corner by the pitch so the person can go and celebrate for them. Newcastle, they're up in the heavens. I'm it's not a really sort of... It's really oh, it's horrible. You, it's really yeah, you need oxygen yeah. to get just to the, the second tier, let alone the <laughs> 75th tier or whatever it is. Apparently, from your seat to the far corner flag, it is quarter of a mile. That's how far away you are. So I, was, I was listening to a rival podcast the other day, um, very close mm. rival podcast, you know, the Peter Crouch podcast. Um, we're, close oh. in, we're close in viewings, I think. But they were talking about if they could put a slide anywhere, where would they put it? And they said they'd put it at the top of St. James's Park for the away end to take Oof. you right down to the bars at the bottom. It would be Great idea. Have you been to the um, the Olympic Stadium since West Ham have been there? Because my housemate, he managed to, he's not a West Ham fan, but they managed to wangle some tickets because it wasn't very popular, so there were tickets going. Apparently, it's absolutely soulless. And the team's yeah, now doing it's... well without them there. <laughs> it's shit. It's awful. I, I, I was lucky enough to go there for the Olympics and it oh, was yeah. magical. Absolutely brilliant. You go there for a football match, you're so far away from the pitch, you need binoculars. <laughs> Horrible. And as away as fans, you're actually in two tiers. So normally you obviously uh, congregated together and you're able to create a brilliant atmosphere. Well, that can't happen there. You've got one, one tier singing one song another tier singing another <laughs> um, neither of you are making any noise it's just oh, horrible yeah. definitely I've the worst place to go in the Premier League I've experienced that obviously not at the same kind of ground but because um, it's on the other end of the spectrum but Forest Green Rovers is, is exactly the same obviously you'd, you'd have been there um, the away end is just the whole length of one pitch uncovered and so you know we, I was one end one time and was chanting whatever and then we'd stop and you'd hear the other end chanting something completely different and it's one of those where you can't create an atmosphere I was in the middle once when we played them and Matty Taylor came on off the bench scored from a corner and then scored a belter from like 30 yards and I was in the middle chanting and then literally like yeah both sides were chanting something at the same time so you know it's another stadium that's not the best for atmosphere creation yeah, they've done that pretty well, haven't they? Not having a roof on, so they can't keep the noise in. And, and they don't have many fans, so they'll take your money, but they won't let you make any decent noise. And last time we played them, they let Swindon fans in in the home end. 
so behind the goal there was a corner of Swindon fans because all the tickets had sold out. <laughs> it was uh, it was great. It was great. One of the um, best atmospheres I've actually experienced was when me and Henry, God, this is one of the last live games I've been to as well before COVID. We went to watch Plymouth that we've spoken about before on New Year's Day. And were they, they were opening up, was it a new stand they were opening up that day? So the fans were really yeah. quite up for it. And it was a top of the table clash as well. That, yeah. was, a, that was a fantastic atmosphere, wasn't it? That kind of game had everything, though. It had Plymouth. It, it was full. There was, what, 16,000 mm. or something like that. It was More than, uh, I reckon, 15, touching 20,000 there, I reckon. I, I, I don't know how big the state... I think it's, it was 17, I think. Really? Oh, fair enough. Like that was their full... I don't know what their full capacity I'd, I've never seen a ground, a football league ground, full when it's not, been a, when it's not a playoff match mm. or a cup match against a big team. I've never seen a, a League 1 or League 2 ground that full before it, it, that game had everything because it was fans were giving it to each other on Twitter before the game the club like Plymouth were giving it to Swindon before the game because we only sold a thousand tickets for the game and which isn't bad on New Year's Day when you still got no. to travel like two or three hours on New Year's Day so they, they said bless on Twitter and it's just caused an absolute uproar still to this day it causes uproar between Swindon and Plymouth fans but that that's the kind of game where it has everything and the you know, them going one nil up and my heart sank then. I thought, we've travelled three hours on New Year's Day from North... Hung over. Hung over <laughs> to come and watch this. No, that that was one of my favourite, one of my favourite away days. Probably just because of the opening goal. Yeah. I remember as well, because we found this out later, we were queuing to go in a pub, weren't we? And the queue was so long, we thought, oh, there's not much point. Because... Friends of yours were in there. Mm. And it turned out when they left that pub to go to the grounds for the start of the game, there was like a ring of Plymouth fans waiting for them outside, if you will. Yeah. So that could have... I'm sort of glad we missed out on that in the end. Yeah, we, we got a corner it's... pasty instead, didn't we, in South yeah. by the ground. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the complete opposite. Mm. Hoping we'd mm. bump into someone that we knew, but we didn't. Yeah. Have you had any sort of close shaves other than maybe... Your, when you were in Croatia and, and a lot of other cliches where trouble could have kicked off, James? Well, I was just thinking of the best atmosphere in England that I've experienced. And aside from Stoke, because not blowing our own trumpet, when we were up against it in the Premier League, we were phenomenal. We really gained points for our team. We, um, to be part of that, it was incredible. I can back you up on that because I remember for the... Like, the first game I went to Arsenal, it was like that as well when uh, Hesse scored. Um, I remember. St I remember Stoke fans topping the decibel charts when they did it back when they were in the Premier League. So it shows how how good good support they had. Ridiculous. Yeah, we still got the trophy in the cabinet for that. <laughs> <laughs> <The> decibel. <laughs> Is it a massive gear? Yeah. <laughs> You've got the League Cup trophy. The Jules Rimmer Trophy, like, so the World Cup one, and then a massive ear. That's what it is. And I can happily yeah. say I've played beer pong in front of that trophy cabinet. Fantastic. Go. Anyway, James, what were you um, going to say before? But I was also <laughs> going to say <laughs> Old Trafford, which will come as a shock to you. For, for their matches against Stoke that I've been, awful. Absolutely awful. Soulless. But I, I managed to get a ticket for their match against Roma and they won 7-0, which was just phenomenal. And for the Champions League games, predominantly, they're not like the Prawn Sandwich Brigade. They're not the mm. normal season ticket holders. It's predominantly 
local fans who don't normally get the opportunity to see them and they let loose. And I suppose when your team's knocking in seven past a team like Roma, it's quite easy to let the lungs go, but absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal even. Hairs on the back of the, the neck type of thing. Um, but it was another time I was at Old Trafford. Stoke had lost 4-0 on the last day. Um, but Chelsea had beaten Wigan 8-0. And Chelsea and United were vying for the title. Um, because Chelsea had won, Chelsea won the title. But United fans thought this was somehow Stoke's fault, even though they'd hammered us as well. <laughs> and so I'm walking past this bus stop, just going to my car, and some little shit starts spitting at me in the face. <laughs> Just because I'm a Stoke fan. So that was nice. A um, couple of close shades at Wolves as well. Um, there's like this little mound as you walk out. And the locals took a liking to picking up bricks and launching them at visiting supporters, which is always a nice thing after you're walking out of a football match, having a brick at your face. It's, I mean... Yes, yeah, it'd be nice after three points, I guess. It, you know, it'd be worse after, well, not nice, but it'd be worse after a loss. Yeah, true. Not nice. True. There was, a, there was another time as well, I went to St Andrews just for a, a random game. It was Birmingham Sheffield Wednesday, so I'm not wearing any colours, no affiliation to any team. And these groups of lads started launching bottles at me, glass bottles, and walking down this road. No. No purpose whatsoever, apart from they thought it was funny and they were putting Birmingham on the map. Not well, in a good that. way, gentlemen. I, I had that when I went to watch, because I used to go to a lot of Swindon games on my own when I moved up here because my mates weren't coming up as much. And I went to watch Notts County and we just won. And I was walking down this alleyway on my own and three or four uh, Notts County fans tried to start on me. And they were only like 13, 14 and they kept like just shouting shit at me and then they just kept getting closer and closer and it's one of those moments where it was like like what's it called fight or flight something like that yeah and I was weirdly not in a fight mood but I wasn't in a mood to run away so I just started giving them shit back and I said look you're fucking like 13 what are you on about you know like winding them up and then it was kind of walking and they were walking like backing or whatever and it was uh, that's the closest I've come to a shape, close shave on a match day with a group <laughs> a fight with a prepubescent group of lads you know I mean, I so I think I've lived a bit of a sheltered fan life, it seems, because I've I've never never really come. Of the Premier League, you know what I mean? Pardon? That's what happens when you're top end of the Premier well, League? Well, I guess I, I don't. Well, I don't get to see a lot of games anyway, and the, and the Liverpool games that I've seen because of where we live, they've never been like massive, massive ones anyway. No. I remember one time we I went up, I went up to watch us lose. 2-1 to Wigan when they were back in the Premier League shows, you know, how they fallen. And after the game, we just, we'd lost and we were walking past this line of Wigan fans, just, you know, that close. And I thought, all it takes is for one idiot to do, to do something. Was Pete Shaw not um, thinking, no, I could land, land one here. I could land one. But, but one, one thing that does always sort of amaze me is, you know, when rivals play each other, the away fans are stuck in the, stuck in the, ground for like 40 minutes or half a, you know I think I heard once United fans was left in Anfield for about 40 minutes after the final whistle or something just to get them to disperse I think that's, cra that's we crazy that, that they can't trust people well we had that at Oxford a couple of years ago and we just lost 2-0 and they left us in there 30-40 minutes uh, couldn't leave and I don't know obviously you haven't been to the Kazan but Nolsey you have and 
it's obviously there's temping bowling and all sorts of that. The Oxford fans were hiding in like the bowling alleys. They were hiding in the bushes. And as soon as they let those gates open, apparently it just, I got on the coach straight away, but it all literally like kicked off massively of Oxford fans wanting to scrap. Uh, I think Swindon fans, some of them are in the mood for it because obviously just lost 2-0 and uh, Chris <laughs> Maguire had wound up all the town fans. It, I hate the brick ever since that. Um, yeah, but no, Oxford is one of those where you can hide really easily, I think. And it's, you know, you just go bowling. Then when you come out, you know, the fans are there ready for a scrap. That's what it is. So what, what are you two most looking forward to when we can finally return to watching a match as a supporter? Away days and atmosphere. Because I've, <laughs> I've, I've been to the Stoke games during lockdown. I've been to, like, the Tottenham game I went to. That would be Stoke's biggest game of the season with fans in there. And the atmosphere would be unbeatable, I think, for any other team. Uh, that, like, however they play, that, that would be the best one. Um, so I just think literally like getting that buzz of a, a 90th minute winner or a chant. Like the first chant I'm ever going to hear after lockdown, I think might give me, like, I might cry. You know yeah, I'll say mean? you'll I cry. I could be at Harrogate v Barrow and I'll be bawling my eyes up, you know what I mean? Like... <laughs> That's, that's it for me, for the fan experience thing. It's, you know, that's what I want. I say, when you next get to go to the county ground and, you know, they start... Do they still play um, Can't Out Falling In Love by... Of course. Before? Yeah, the tears will be running when that, when that starts playing. For me, what I'm looking forward to is hopefully if we, if we can get to go watch Southampton with, with my mates. It's the, the walk, you know, the walk to the ground is always a good laugh. Um, having a few beers at the game, but then sort of where we live in Southampton, there's a real good array of good pubs to sort of then, you know, you've had a good evening watching the football, then going straight to a pub afterwards and staying there for a couple of hours is is really good. Although I guess my life as a student is coming to an end, so it's probably, I can't really get away with just but doing that. Soon. Yeah, yeah, I know, I've got to grow up. But it, it just being able to do that, that sort of thing is just is just going to be, going to be excellent I, i'm really looking forward to it this <laughs> is the same for you though Noel's isn't it it's i think everyone will have the same you know every, if you ask everyone the, the question no one's gonna say anything out of the blue you know i think everything that that we say that we want to experience when we're back in there you know ev everyone will say the same things of just go into the games get in there the atmosphere drinking just normality i think is what everyone wants it seems mad to think now but just those moments where your team has scored and you end up hugging random people in short, pure elation. It's, mm -hmm. I, I don't know if that will ever happen again. I think it will. I think we'll just slip back into our old ways and football Hopefully. is football and we'll be back in 2019 rather than 2021. Yeah. Um, but you, you know those moments as well when you, you sat down watching the game and your team goes on an attack, and seat by seat, the whole stand starts rising, rising. in anticipation, and then it goes out for a goal kick or something. <laughs> but it, I love those moments where you can hear the clatter of the seats. Um, you'll have experienced that at Anfield, like the cop as they rise, just phenomenal. Yeah. The one thing, right, this is like my guilty pleasure, and I don't, I've not told many people this, so whenever I'm watching, like, so it'd be Swindon more than anyone, is that I love the sound of when a goal goes in for the away team. I love hearing the away supporters celebrate. You know, I just love, because obviously when you score, you're isolated, you're in that sound. So 
But when you hear the away team score, you think, oh, what a sound that is. What a sound. But you're thinking, oh, you fuckers. You know, like, it's, it's that bittersweet moment where you think that sounds incredible, but it's just horrible as well at the same time. What is um, sort of going on from that? I'm sort of going to a different sport, but I've been watching um, the England-India uh, test series that's been on at the moment. Um, and they've just opened this big new stadium in um, Ahmedabad. It's got 110,000 people. Uh, and they're allowed, I think, 50,000 in, which is half capacity. And again, with, with football, when the home team concedes or whatever, or the away team as well, there's that sort of burst of applause. But um, watching it, and India's captain, Kohli, is like a national hero, gets out and you can hear a pin drop. It is dead silent. It's, 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 so, it's so peculiar. But obviously with here, we don't really have that with football just because of that sort of smattering of a way of a way of a way support mm. it's yeah the, no, the noise is unbeatable and like you say when we get back to normality I think people I'm happy just to jump over so as long as they've had the jab and I'm happy to jump <laughs> all over them you know what I mean like I've, I've hugged I remember hugging this old bloke during I can't remember what game it was it might have been Oxford at home and Fankety Dabo scored from like 35 yards and there was an old bloke next to me and I ran up to him and hugged him and I've never met him before in my life. I've not seen him since, you know. But we had that one one moment of pure joy, and I was happy. Do you, to do you reckon in. he tells his family about that one kid he met, that one kid he hugged? Well, I don't think so, because otherwise the police might be nothing on his door. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was fifteen at the time, fifteen, sixteen, so it was a little bit dodgy, borderline, borderline. I think we can keep that this one in 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 just about. Yeah, because I'm I'm not the paedophile here. Yeah. You're the you're the target of it, so we can keep it in, I guess. Um, what another thing, um, I sort of alluded to, alluded to it earlier is getting back into the games, and then when we when we go on away days, the night out afterwards. I imagine James, you've had quite a lot of good ones of those on away days, possibly. Yeah, one of my favourite ones was actually pretty much my final away match before all this kicked off and went to Middlesbrough. It was quite a, quite a late decision to go there. Um, drove up, obviously quite a long journey, so we were going to stop over anyway. But it was a night match, so we were ended up in nightclubs before the match had even kicked off, which is a totally novel experience. Um, and then Stoke lost, which is par for the course. But then we, we were out till two, three o'clock. But in this free club, I mean, there aren't many free clubs around there in the country. Thank you, Middlesbrough. <laughs> Drinking <laughs> beers for a quid. Um, like, oh, packed in like, like sardines. But this is about 10 minutes after the final whistle. And all of a sudden, all those woes of that 90 minutes, all gone in the gutter because you've got a beer in your hand. And again, going back to what we were saying before, it really shows, in a way, the unimportance of the football. Of course, you don't want to see your team lose every single week. Mm. But those, those moments are what you take away with you. And I think, especially with what we've all experienced, that's what we want to get back to, that social element. Um, yeah. And in a way, I miss berating my own team, berating the referee, putting two fingers up at the opposition, um, as much as celebrating. <laughs> miss it all now those nights out after games are some of the best I don't like it when I can't do a night out after the game because no. it's kind of all that 
emotion. You can't let it out. But one thing I, I don't know why, but I absolutely love it is when you've won a game and you're in the nightclub and every song that's on in that nightclub, you try and relate it to the football club, like no matter what it is. And we've had some horrific ones, and but some that have stuck, some like chants from nightclubs. And it's, so that is what I miss as well. Because it's not the same me doing it at home on my own. You know, I'm there with me, with me lights on and me, me disco lights and me speaker chatting about fucking Jack Payne and Scott Twine. It's not like, it's not the same, is it? You know, doing it in a nightclub, it's fine. I don't think I'll ever forget um, when we went to watch, uh, say, my favourite away day night out experience, because I've only had about two, is when we went, me and Henry went to Birmingham to watch, is it Walsall, wasn't it? Walsall, Swindon Walsall. Yeah. And Swindon lost 1-0 in one of the worst games of football I've ever seen in my life. It's it was horrific. dreadful. So we went, so we, now we were 18, but our other two friends were 17. So we got into a club and they didn't. So you know, No, 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 because... Um, sorry, go on. Yeah, because, well, Ollie and Josh were 17 and they, they were months away from 18 because it was the Easter kind of weekend. And we got to the hotel and I remember Josh saying, oh, I forgot my ID. And I was like, we were like, what, what's, the, like, what's the point, you know? So Ollie said, well, I've got a spare ID. Here you go. But Ollie was obviously 17 as well. And we went to that first nightclub and I got in, you got in, and then Josh got in. And then Using someone else's ID that showed he was 17. And then Ollie gave the same bounce on the ID and he went, nah, mate, you're, eight, you're not 18. And didn't let him in. And it was an absolute piss of that. Well, that started off a great night. I mean... Well, not a great night, but... Well, those two went home, didn't they? So yeah. we were in this club, and um, as as young single men do, I guess, we saw a group of girls that we thought we'd go over and talk to. Turned out one of them was, like, engaged, and it was a hen do, although they looked about 18, 18, 19, I guess, our age. And I remember at one point, <laughs> this one girl put, a, put, like, a white... What looked like a white pill in Henry's mouth. I was like, oh, my God, she's giving him, like, ecstasy. <sighs> And he just went, it's a tic-tac. <laughs> and then you leaned in to say something to me, did it too eagerly, head-butted me, and then rebounded and head-butted this poor girl right right in the face. So we felt like, I've just head-butted this girl. And we, I remember looking at you, and you looking at me, and we just went, fuck. And then yeah. I think we ran out of this nightclub who thought they're gonna come and kill like we've done something wrong we're in a big city here we've never been here before they're gonna have us they're gonna have us and i do remember like kind of walking home very quickly and trying to get away yeah. from the crime I, you know, it, was, it was purely an accident you know i'm <laughs> just gonna put this on record and don't edit this out i didn't mean to headbutt the woman <laughs> putting it on record it didn't that's the title it. of this episode done yeah um, and then was it the next morning in our hotel room? Someone like, <laughs> just walked in as well whilst you whilst we were in, whilst you were in bed and I was in the shower or something. Yeah, some random. Blo- there was only two rooms at the end of this like corridor, and it was mine and yours and Josh and Ollie's. And some bloke just walked into the room and went, "You're right." I was like, "Yeah." He was like, "Oh, sorry, I got the wrong room." <laughs> and he's like, he wasn't dressed in staff's uniform. He just walked in. The door was <laughs> locked. You know, he somehow got in. It was. That's why we. You know, the Britannia Hotel in the middle of Birmingham isn't oh, the nicest God. hotel. And whenever I no. mentioned it to people, they're always like, you stayed there, you stayed there. It I remember wasn't... your mum berating us because of it. I mean, I remember literally walking out the front doors of the hotel and some bloke was getting pounced on by the police. And I think <laughs> I saw it twice. So it wasn't, it was a bit of a shady. 
you must again, James. You must have stayed in some shit holes, maybe over over your life watching football. <laughs> oh, plenty. But after a few drinks and three points or zero points, it doesn't really ma- matter. It's part of the experience, isn't it? Yeah, a bit. Part of the experience. I mean, some absolutely horrific ones in Glasgow, actually. But um, <laughs> yeah, that's probably for another one. <laughs> Episode two of the uh, or part two of this podcast, maybe. Yeah, lovely. Glasgow special. I think I think we've um, we've spoken really well on that because obviously it's an issue that's important to all three of us. And I think it's seventeenth of May that fans are going to be allowed back in, and apparently they're going to push back. Uh, the last two weeks of the Premier League season to ensure one team, both like, you know, all, all teams can have a chance of having someone at home. I don't know if they're going to do the same with the Championship, maybe, for Stoke. I it don't just know makes it do. for the playoffs, I think, doesn't it, for Football League teams, I think. Yeah, I think that's the intention. But for me, after all our hard work, is it worth risking things just for a couple of matches at the end? Do we, wait. do we just write off the season, maybe give things a go at Wembley for the big finals, um, yeah. where yeah. people can be properly socially distanced? And I know 10,000 in Old Trafford is very comfortably socially distanced, but people, these clubs don't really know what they're doing because they haven't experienced things in COVID times in terms of stewarding and what have you. I just don't see the point because you then got quite a long wait until the start of the next season. Hopefully by August, everything will be ticketed and then we can all properly enjoy a match. Because for me, as a supporter, I don't really want to go into a park-filled stadium because that atmosphere is not going to be able to be generated. Mm. I want it to be as full as possible. Okay, Swindon might not have 100% capacity. But if they get 70% capacity, that's brilliant. Great. Yeah. Instead of, let's say they were only allowed 20%, well, that's going to be neither use nor ornament, is it? Stoke, Stoke mm. played Wickham in front of a 1,000 fans. And all you could hear was a few claps here and there. That, and no I I the, odd, the odd fuck off to Nick Powell, but I think they just brings that on everyone. Yeah, very true. Very true. And he had the last laugh by scoring the winner. Yeah. But yeah, I I think we just write this season off in terms of fans personally. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. I don't it's, it's not the same and uh, you know the Euros, are they thinking is it full capacity for Euros after the twenty first? I'd be very surprised if it was. I'd be I hope surprised. it is because I've got a ticket to one of the games, but <laughs> I I'd be quite surprised. I'd be quite surprised. You'd be nice well they're not doing it all in England now either. They've confirmed it. Yeah, I, I I thought that was prob- that was always going to be a sort of a uh, a wish a bit of wishful thinking, really. Is that going to be? World Cup. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's been excellent. It's great to hear, especially from from James on from James on this, but also you as well, Knight. Your yeah, your, you know. your thoughts. Shall we um shall we uh finish off then the season? Not not the ep- not just the episode, but the season with our fraud of the season. Yeah, not the week. No theme. Well, I don't know what's happening with the theme song. We'll figure that out. We'll figure <laughs> it out. And for one final time, we're back with, well, fraud of the season. It's just the first time. It's not the final time. Yeah, well, the first time. Final, final, uh, final fraud of the, 
of the week, which goes forward in the season. You didn't do a jingle. I'm not got. Oh yeah, well, I was thinking of doing the Champions League theme song, going. But I, I, I've got nothing. I've got nothing. And fraud of the season doesn't work in the original chant. It, so. it, it doesn't quite work. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to look back at the nine, I think it is, we've nine, picked yeah. so far. I just think which ones really stand out. So, James, I don't know, I don't know how many you sort of know or have listened to. But I think you've got the list in front of you, Knight, if you just want to go oh, okay. go through the list. So I've not got them in order because I can't really remember the order. But I remember the first one being Big Sam Allardyce for voting for Brexit and then blaming Brexit on the failure to sign three players during the January transfer window. We've got Benjamin Mendy for flying a woman in uh, whilst he went to the dentist during lockdown or something like that, wasn't it? Yeah, he flew, he flew, he flew this woman, he flew like a girlfriend in. And she said something like, I had a lovely time. He took me to meet his dentist or something. You know, during lockdown. Uh, yeah. Uh, Barcelona for, was it just a pure arrogance of the debt and stuff like that? And Yeah, it was, it, it was, it was the fact that they were so horrified about the details of Messi's contracts being leaked. leaked. I'm thinking, well, you're pay- he wanted to go. You're paying him. So that's your, that's your lookout. Uh, Lazio for paying the, well, Lazio's financial department for paying the wrong team for the transfer of I can't remember, was it Pedro, Pedro Neto? Neto? Yeah, paying Pedro Neto. you got Saliba for the, well, we all know the, the, the amateur born. Um, <laughs> then you've got Lee Mason for the awful, awful decision against uh, Brighton, or for Brighton West Brom, wasn't it? Yeah, well, just, he, was, he was there to just sort of be a figurehead for the incompetence of officiating across all all football at the moment, to be honest. But then, if we do get a referee on in the next season, completely we'll have to apologise. Premier League, when when you do listen to to what we do, don't listen to this episode. So turn off. And uh, you've got the man who drove five hundred miles to meet a woman during lockdown, but it was pranked by two Liverpool fans, um, which yeah. I thought was unbelievable. Uh, then you got Fenerbahce for asking fans to text in at two pound a text to pay for Meza Özil's wages. And then finally, we've got the Qatari prince who refused to shake hands with a woman official. Or, or even acknowledge. Or even acknowledge her. Put his head down. I've, I've got my four. That are my main four. But I could probably... I've, I've got me two that I think are, are strong contenders. Go, go, I think we go with the two. But before that, James, have you, um, do you feel strong about any of those? Have you got any contenders yourself? Well, is there any opportunity we can get your beloved Jorgen Klopp in here? Because 68 home matches unbeaten, <laughs> to then lose six on the bounce is absolutely fraudulent behaviour. That is fraudulent behaviour. <laughs> I mean, Shah, I know when I say that to you, you bite so much. Um, I get, I get quite, I can get quite wound up. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't wind you up earlier when we spoke, so you know. No, that's true. Book, so it, it is, it is a contender to be fair. Um, it, I, I wouldn't call him fraud of the season, but he's got to be in or around the. I think, I think um, I, I I wouldn't give it to Klopp. I'd give it to I don't know our 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 uh, medical staff. We obviously can't, or whoever's doing the training or whatever, because people are getting injured all over the shop. Anyway, we I won't I won't go off on a on a tangent <laughs> about that. It's been a long episode. Yeah, we've done it too many times. Um, of the ones we've got, is there any ones, James, you think are particularly strong candidates, maybe? I think the William Saliba 
video <laughs> leak is just, I mean, there's just so many questions that you almost don't want to ask because you're scared of the answers. Just why? It was just a room why? full of people as well. Yeah. Like, it's a bit weird, but I remember hearing a story about Jimmy Bullard doing the same thing. Like, where that doesn't like, surprise I think me. There was only two are. people in the room, and he went, "Oh, I got to crack one out before the game. It's be pre-match <laughs> ritual or something like that." But that didn't look like anything like that. That is a um, strong contender for me. Who, who, who have you got, Knight? Is your contender my main two, Fenerbahce? I think that is that is fraudulent behaviour in itself. Because why why spend what you can't afford? You know, that's what my parents always yeah. taught me. Um, in- in the middle of a pandemic, when I don't well, know what the situation's like in Turkey still, when people are struggling for money, please give it to us so we can buy someone who hasn't turned up for two years. They've got the Turkish Lenny Henry at the front of this. Two pounds a day could feed Meza Ertel <laughs> for the rest of his life. You know what I mean? That's what, that's, I've just got pure Lenny Henry vibes from that whole asking mm. to text in and spend two pounds on Meza Ertel's wages. And the other one's Big Sam. I think he's a fraud in himself. But, you know, vote, claiming and being, you know, saying he voted Brexit and then blaming Brexit for the failure to sign players, I think is, is shocking. It's quite funny. Um, my, my main one that I think has got to be, is the one that made me laugh the most was the Lazio financial department <laughs> for, sending, for sending what money to the wrong club yeah because i can just imagine the club who got it mistakenly going well you know it's ours now cheers thanks for the gift we're going to go invest in some new vending machines for the training ground or whatever i mean 16 million would you really spend that on some you know vending well machine? i don't know you're not going to buy a new player mate you're not <laughs> a lot of coca-cola <laughs> you're not even um, i'm i'm for the sheer audacity of it I'm minded to go for the Saliba video. I'm minded to go for that. I'm not just trying to suck up to the to the guest. The guest. <laughs> Don't was... say suck up after his video. Yeah, gee. <laughs> we'll see a part two soon. We'll see you waltzing into the room <laughs> going, who's ready for this? <laughs> um so I'm I, I I'm I'm minded to go for Saliba, although the Fenerbahce one is quite, in a way, is so fraudulent in terms of the despicable of what they're doing. Yeah. But I, I, I'm, I'm going to go, I'll, I'll vote for Saliba for it. I think that's pretty shocking. If it's to us, 2v1, I think Saliba's got to be the one then. I think yeah, we're, what, what the next steps we've got to do now is get a certificate and a trophy made up or a medal and, uh, what and send it to now? Pardon? What club is he at now? He's... I've no idea. Is he on Saint-Étienne? No he's somewhere on loan in France, I think. Or he might be at Arsenal still. So, we'll get down to London. He's Carl. never playing a minute for Arsenal, is he? So, we're probably going to have to send it to uh, over to France, I'd imagine. It might be on the honours list, though, on his Wikipedia now. <laughs> We've got to get that on there. The first ever winner of fraud of the season. Arsenal can claim it as a trophy as well. So, you know. Oh, yeah, they go one for their cabinet. Well... There you go. William Saliba is our fraud of the season. And that is it for our series, our first one. It's been excellent to do. Um, thank you, James, for joining us today. It's been really great having you on. Thanks for having me on. I've really enjoyed the podcast um, in general terms and enjoyed it to today. So thanks for having me. Brilliant. That's excellent. Uh, anything you want to say, Mr Knight, before we uh, 
sign off for a couple of weeks. No, it's, it's been a pleasure. Um, we might be dropping the odd uh, special potentially during this time uh, with some potential guests. Uh, what you mean, like those emails we sent out to like Micah Richards about two months ago, and we've not yeah, heard you back. Never know, we might reply and say, "I'm only free <laughs> on this date," but no, we might have one special guest at some point. But it hmm. is in the pipeline because I've yeah not sorted it. But it, it could happen. <laughs> we've spoke about it happening. It might happen. But no, thank you to everyone who's listened for the last ten weeks now. Um, we've taken you through lockdown, and things are coming to an end. So yeah, you know that that's the thing. I, don't I just realised that our se- I just realised that our series has started and ended with the lockdown, so we've done our job right. We've timed it perfectly, but you know, <laughs> and uh, Henry will be, you know, I won't be speaking to you now for what six, seven, eight weeks, maybe. It's gonna yeah, be, probably it's gonna be something like that. Yeah. Like. Okay, you sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we. Anyway, it's been excellent, guys. Thank you so much, and we'll see you soon. Cheers, guys.